Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and focus. Anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside, just gently. Don't have to get real rough about it. Just very let it fall by the wayside. And let's just remind ourselves that every day is, is valuable. Every day, every moment is precious. And God is already working in your life to fulfill his purposes in your life and through your life. And those purposes are always good for you. They're always loving and kind for you. He's not out to get you or trip you up or make you jump through hoops. He is for you, not against you. He's already brought you into his family. If you've been born again, you've been born of his spirit. You are in him and one with him in your spirit. Your soul's a whole other issue, and we've talked about that many times. And your body is just here for your time here on this earth. But your soul has challenges. Your soul has bad habits. All our souls do. And God gave you the soul originally that he wanted you to have, that you were born with. But your soul has made mistakes, has developed bad habits, has believed lies, has, has believed bad, has bad information, and responds now according to misinformation, according to lies. And your soul is misinterpreting what God is doing, misinterpreting what your spirit wants. So God himself is restoring your soul. He's not giving you a new one. He's not taking the one you have away from you and giving you a new soul. He's restoring your original soul. Because he liked it. He liked the soul he gave you. It suited him, and it suited you. So there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with the original soul he gave you. The problem is your soul has been doing its own thing. It's been sitting in God's place. It's been pretending to be God. Now, before you were a Christian, before you were reborn of spirit, your soul didn't have any choice. Your soul could only function out of its own strength, which is why and how it developed those bad habits. Because your spirit was dead. You were dead in your spirit. When God revealed himself and you went through that exchange 
with Christ, where you were co-crucified and co-resurrected and now co-raised with him. Now your spirit has been re-lived, re-enlivened. New life in your spirit. You've been re-begotten in your spirit. So now your soul no longer has to do its own thing because your soulical needs have already been met. But your soul doesn't know that. And one of the big things that your soul has learned how to do is control. And so much of our energy and our thought and our belief is centered around how to control. How to control ourselves, how to control others, how to control God, how to control getting our needs met. And we've been walking around with all these weights and all these burdens and all these, leaving all these lies and all these challenges. And we stumble and we, we don't make progress and we don't have good relationships and we don't have good health and we don't have good understanding and we feel we misinterpret our lives. We, we feel like we haven't gotten anywhere. We haven't accomplished anything. We're failures. Or we misinterpret the other way, that we're God's gift to the world. And God needs us to accomplish anything. We, we misinterpret everything because we're doing it. We're misinterpreting because we're relying on our soul. And our soul is short-sighted. Our soul has bad habits. Our soul can't hear very well. Our soul can't see very well or taste or touch or feel very well. It's limited because it's focused on its own need for control. Now that control has enabled your soul to survive, to survive without spirit. It's like, think about when when Adam and Eve were first kicked out of the garden. They had never had to take care of themselves. So they did the very best they could, and it was a mess. But they did whatever was necessary to survive. And likewise, your soul, separated from your spirit, does what it needs to to survive. But now, if you've been born again, your spirit is there to meet all your soulical needs. Your spirit conveys eternal life, the eternal life of God. If you've been born again, you are in the kingdom. You are in Christ. You are a joint heir with Christ. You are a co-inheritor. Everything that is true about Christ is true about you. You are in him. You are one with the Father in your spirit. 
and now everyone's focused. God, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and and your spirit, we're all focused on bringing into union our soul and even our body. But we're focusing on our, on our soul. Body will follow along. Not to be something it isn't, but to be restored to what God originally meant it to be. And your soul has senses and abilities and strengths and weaknesses. Your soul has strengths and weaknesses. God gave you a soul that has strengths, and he gave you a soul that has weaknesses. So don't try to correct for those or compensate for those or even rely on those. Just like in your body, you have certain color hair. It doesn't mean anything. Your eyes are a certain color. It doesn't mean anything. It's just the body you happen to have. Well, God gave you the soul you happen to have. And it suits his purposes. Which is to make you able to be one spirit, soul, and body. So we don't we're not critical of the soul he gave us. Now, part of our soul is, you know, going to be trying to rate how we're doing. We, you know, our soul is out to meet its own needs, and part of that is how are we doing? Jealousy and envy, and, and arrogance and pride. It's all in there. That's, but they're all part of the roots of what our soul is growing without the presence of God. And without the presence of God, the fruit that your soul bears is inedible. It does not bring life. It brings strife. It brings anger. It brings burden. But as we are reunited with our spirit... We bear that other fruit, peace and joy and life and contentment and forgiveness and mercy. And it comes without effort because it's fruit. It's God flowing through us. But your soul has certain qualities and characteristics and abilities. And just as our spirit functions in the spiritual realm, which we have such very limited understanding of, we have very limited understanding of where our body dwells, which is the natural realm. Our natural senses are limited in what they perceive. For instance, your hearing, you know that you know, and other animals hear a different range. Like dog, you can have a dog whistle. And they, you can blow it and the dogs will react, but you won't. You won't hear it. It's the exact same type of thing with, with, with your other physical senses. Is that your body has senses that work a certain way because you are human, you're in a human body. Likewise, your soul has senses. 
and your soul interacts with the soul local realm. And that's just it's just a term. It just describes the whole notion that your soul is not spiritual and your soul is not natural. And we just call that realm in between the natural and the spiritual, we just call it the supernatural, which super just means above. Nothing real complicated, nothing mystical or, or spectacular. It's just we want to be objective. We want to understand because we don't want to get caught up in the words. We don't want to get caught up in knowledge. We want to be available to the Lord to, for him to reveal. We want reality. We want life. We want to be changed and conformed to his image. We want to cooperate with him as he restores our soul. So as we understand that our soul functions in the supernatural realm, again, your soul is, is part of the soulical realm, that realm is part of the supernatural realm. Now, there's other realms within the supernatural realm. And, again, we're just approaching this so we understand more that it's not other things. For instance, when we talk about the angelic beings, the angelic realm, that's not part of the natural realm. Angels are not natural beings, but they're also not spiritual beings. They're supernatural beings. They have an angelic realm. And I'm being real simple here. We'll go into more detail later, but just get this in, into understanding and we'll, we'll hopefully answer some of your questions. And also demonics, ghosts, if there's ghosts, any other kinds of supernatural beings. They have their own realm within the supernatural realm. And they have different senses that function in the supernatural realm. Your soul has senses that function in the supernatural realm. It's what they do, just like your eyes see in the natural. Your supernatural senses function in the supernatural realm. As you learn how to stir up and Become comfortable using your supernatural abilities that God gave you as part of your soul, just as he gave you certain color hair. You all, we all have hair. Even those people who are bald have hair, and they have a hair color. We all have eyes and an eye color. doesn't mean anything, but it's something we have in common. It's the same way in our soul. We all have solical senses. They vary from person to person. They don't mean anything other than we are to learn how to use them. So somebody may be really strong in one solical sense or familiar that it comes about, oh, this comes really easy. But there are just like you have hands and feet and a tongue and a nose and you know how to walk and certain things that you've learned how to do with your physical body. You had to learn them, but they're common things. 
most people jumping off a skyscraper, their body is not going to survive the fall. There are limits to what our body can do. Likewise, there are limits to what our soul can do because there are limits to the soul to the soulical realm, to the supernatural realm. So we have expectations that God is going to teach us those limits. He's going to teach us we can't fly. You know, our body jumping off that skyscraper isn't going to, you know, all of a sudden be able to fly. Now, if he intervenes, that's a whole different thing. But our body itself, I don't care how much you flap your arms, you're not going to fly like a bird. So our soul has limitations. But because it has limitations doesn't mean we don't use our soul for the things that God intended it to be used for. It's not who you are. Your soul is not who you are. It's a gift that God gave you. God didn't give you gifts that are part of your soul. The gift he gave you is your soul. And the gift he gave you is your body. And who he gifted it to is your spirit. So you already have these supernatural abilities that God wants you to learn how to use. Not so you can minister. Not so he'll be more proud of you. Not so that he'll heal you. Not so anything. But it's because that's part of who you are. When you were learning how to walk, you didn't go, okay, now why am I learning how to walk? It was just the next step after crawling. Comes as part of our development. And I think this is part of our, one of our many challenges in organized religion is this idea that these are gifts of God that are set aside for certain qualified people or those that have a special anointing or a special, they're special. And they are valuable, but they're not special. They're valuable, these abilities that we have, but we all have them. And they're valuable because they're gifts to us from God. They're part of our soul that he gave us. We value our body. We value our soul because they are God's gifts to us, to our spirit. So we don't have any, we don't need to burden ourselves with, okay, if I learn how to do this, that means that now I have to go out and do it. Not necessarily, maybe. Maybe that's something God has for you to do, but maybe not. Maybe he just wants you to learn how to raise the dead. And he never sets you to that assignment, raise the dead. I have this little illustration that, say we're all sitting around the table with God and having dinner. And he says, pass the salt. What do you do? You don't go, oh, you know, okay, well, wait a minute, I need to understand this. How, you know, is everybody agreeing that I need to do this? 
It's like, no, you, you, he's asked you to do something, you pass the salt. Not a big deal. Then you go back to eating. Doesn't it bother anybody else? Doesn't no, Nobody else is involved in this. He asks you to pass the salt, you pass the salt. Well, then he says, okay, go raise the dead. And you go raise the dead. And you come back and you take... You sit back down and you finish your meal. It's all the same to him. He gives us tasks to do as part of the process of restoring our soul. When he asks you to pass the salt, it's part of the process of restoring your soul. When he asks you to raise the dead, it's part of the process of restoring your soul. It seems like restoring the soul is important to God. We could say it's next on his checklist for our purpose here on this earth is to restore our soul, that we would be one spirit, soul, and body, that we would be united, we would, that there would be no shadow of turning in us, that his eternal life would flow freely into our spirit, into our soul, into our body, and out, without any interference. Not that our soul it lacks individuality. Not that our body lacks individuality. But there's, it, they are doing exactly what God created them to do. God created your soul and your body to house, to be the conduit of his eternal life through your spirit. So right now, what you're, what you're listening to and you're listening with and you're thinking with, most of that is your soul. Some of it is your, your body, you know, you're hearing it, you're you know, you're seeing, if you're reading things, you're, you're watching, listen, you know, what you're doing, you're listening to the podcast. That, those are natural aspects, but you're interpreting it. You're going, how does that work? What is that? That's your soul. And again, God gave you the soul he wanted you to have. He's not going to take it away. At some point in time, he might. Some eon down the road. I suspect we're going to have the soul we have for a while, for a couple of different um, experiences. Now, I don't know how many experiences we've had before we came onto this earth zone, and I don't know how many we're going to have after. Could be a bazillion. Because God creates time. He's in charge of it. He can do whatever he wants. But what he values right now is the restoration of our soul. And it's not something you and I can do. Only God can restore our soul. And this is the quandary we have as Christians, is what is God's job and what is my job? And we're going to go back and forth on things and try to find that, that, that line, that thin edge. And really, if we, we would have enough to do with our time here on this earth, if we did do what we know to do. Your soul has supernatural abilities 
learn how to use them. It's not that complicated. God himself is revealing any lies you're believing. He's going to take care of that. He's going to protect you. He's going to to direct you and guide you and counsel you and comfort you and be there for you in all all these other areas while he is restoring your soul. This goes back to why it's so important to spend time with him. Do that, spend time with him, and then let him take care of the rest. Respond. He says, I want to talk to you about this. You know, when we come up against speed bumps, that's a good indication that we're going too fast or we're missing out on direction he's trying to give us. So instead of just going, okay, well, I need to, you know, do this, that, that, ask him. And this is where we are learning and being, our soul is being restored. While that's going on, we do what, just as in our, in the natural, we do what our hands find themselves to do. We do what our soul has to do. Because God wants your soul complete. He wants, he wants your soul healthy. He wants your body healthy. And by healthy, I mean functioning the way it was originally intended to. Your soul is intended for all these abilities to be working under your command, with your soul under the direction of your spirit. So that just as you're sitting at that table and, and, and God turns to you and says, I want you to go out and, again, raise the dead, heal that person, speak life to, into that situation, feed the hungry, restore this situation, go, just go do it. And because you already have your soul under the authority of your spirit, your soul can just go out. You can just go do it. You don't have to think about it. He's given you the direction. You go do what you were made to do. Because your soul is just able to follow along because he has restored it to its original state. Just like your, your body. Think about it. In, in the scriptures, it talks about, you know, people living, you know, it was Methuselah, 969 years, I think. 969 years. I don't know anybody who'd want to live that long. But what does that say about our physical being? Is our physical being is capable of living a lot longer, doing a lot more. Well, why isn't it? Because it's so disconnected from what God has intended for our body to be, but also disconnected from the eternal life that's in our spirit, flowing through our soul and into our body. That's, you know, we look at, you know, the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus was transfigured, because that he still had the same body, he still had the same soul, but it was life, the life of his father flowing through his spirit, through his soul, through his body, and it changed. Even Moses, when he went up and saw God face to face, 
energized his spirit, soul, and body to be spirit so that the soul and the body were consumed and subsumed in that life, that light. And you and I, uh, going back to originally Adam and Eve, they were always naked. They were they were walking around with one another for you know however maybe millions of years however long they were in the garden before uh, it got, God ta- said it was time for them to move on to the next thing. They were walking around naked, but because they were spirit beings and had all their needs met, communing with the Father. They didn't know each other according to the soul. They didn't know each other according to their flesh, their body. They knew each other spirit to spirit, just as they knew Father, spirit to spirit. When they died, in that day you shall die, when they ate of the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in that day they died. Their soul didn't die. Their body didn't die. Their spirit died. And all of a sudden, they saw each other, they saw each other's soul, and they saw each other's body. That's when they realized they were naked. Because before, they were walking around with their spirit on the outside, and they saw each other spirit to spirit. That's what you and I would look like to one another. Again, as Jesus did on the Mount of Transfiguration. They, we, they saw him as a spirit being. And you and I, that's, that's an indicator of where, where we're not. We don't see each other according to spirit. We see each other according to body, barely, and very often, sometimes, soul to soul. So we have a long way to go. So we have a lot of exciting opportunity to go because we're so far away from this, any progress we make is going to be dramatic and fun. So hopefully this is encouraging. It's, it's meant to be an enticing and encouraging and an objective and simple opportunity that we have to cooperate with God, to do something that, that he wants, that is exciting for us, that we already have everything we need. We, every, we have everything we need for life and godliness right now. So thanks for tuning in. Feel free to drop me a line with feedback or questions at diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.